Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Bruskin. I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to another week here from what is increasingly becoming summer. <laughs> I believe it's happening next week, uh, at least temperature-wise, folks. Uh, but we have our full panel here at the Battleground Wisconsin, which means Priscilla Bort, our Movement Politics Director here at Citizen Action, is with us. Priscilla, it's great to see you this Thursday morning as we record Happy Thursday. Happy, happy to be uh, on this panel again and always. Thanks. As, yes. Great to have you. And of course, Robert Craig, executive director is with us. Robert, great to have you. Good day, everyone. And I guess it's happy spring, but as we'll get to Matt, it's not happy state budget. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm calling it happy summer because it is my understanding, according to Lindsay uh, Slater, who I listen to, <laughs> we're supposed to warm up significantly next week and it's supposed to like be a beautiful Memorial weekend, which to me is the beginning of summer. So I am excited. I hope you all are. It's been right. It's been a tough, a tough slog, right? Uh, and this, we should be in some ways, there's been some positive things, the Supreme court election, but, uh, you both previewed, um, we have to talk about what's going on in the state legislature, uh, and in particular last night, but around both the state budget, but specifically shared revenue. So we will be joined later in the show by State Representative Darren Madison, who was obviously uh, there last night, Wednesday night, uh, in the debate and discussion around shared revenue. We will talk more with him later uh, and some particular things that are awful about it as it relates to Milwaukee. And uh, But first, Robert, Priscilla, let's dive into shared revenue. Um, let me just quickly set the stage, at least as I see it, and you, both of you can tell me I'm wrong or at least add um, complexions that you think are important uh, to this discussion. But basically what happened for our listeners, and we record Thursday morning, Wednesday night, um, the state assembly, basically, let's be honest, Speaker Voss said, we are done negotiating with the governor. And by the way, let's be clear, they met once, I think. Um, there's virtually no serious negotiating going on. But said we're done negotiating on shared revenue. He said this in the um, early afternoon, and we're we're just going to push this thing through, uh, which they did last night. Um, what's important, though, and I want to get both of your all comment is it's very interesting. There was a Wisconsin Examiner story the beginning of yesterday in the day that said Governor Evers was very optimistic that a shared revenue deal could be had in the assembly before they went to floor session. Literally, if couple hours later, that bubble was absolutely blown up. Evers basically is just refusing. He's not going to negotiate and discuss. Um, and then all the Democrats in the assembly voted against this bill last night, voted against what Voss pushed through, the shared revenue plan. Um, and three mega Republicans also voted against it, Waukesha Republicans. Um so what I asked to my my panel, what the way I see this is it's like, okay, it's sort of like game on, not only on shared revenue, but the state budget just really happened yesterday. And what I mean by that is the governor threatened he was going to veto shared revenue if this thing didn't meet the standards. And let me just suggest, I will say this thing does not meet 
any standards that I think the governor set out, clearly all the Democrats voted against it. Um, seems to me it is time for the governor to call their bluff and exercise his strongest nation <laughs> veto and get these clowns back to the table. Priscilla, you get first crack. Robert, just I, I, that's my take. Your thoughts. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think this is a chance for for Evers to really show his cards to do what he said he's gonna gonna do. You know, the people reelected him just just a last year, like six months ago. Uh, so it's it's time to really show what he's what he's gonna do and stand up to them and not let uh, them bully him and push him around. He's got a veto pen. He is the elected governor. Uh, and he might as well use the power that he that he has and show the people that he's got their interest in mind and not all these corporate interests and money interests and all of it. Yeah, I, I appreciate the movement politics director reminding us that this person just won uh, a landslide here, three and a half points and reminding us he is the only statewide leader in this drama. Robert, your thoughts. The governor this is one of the first real lines in the sand the governor has drawn and the other side just jumped over the line and, and called his bluff. Okay? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Sorry. Now, this is a very unstable situation and I'm going to give you, you'll take it. We have very sophisticated listeners. Take it for what you will. I used to be much more of a full-time lobbyist, get all the rumors in the Capitol. I'm going to give you some, but the rumors when they come from LK people are often true or have much truth to them. So rumor was, and this could explain the governor's optimism, that the Republicans were going to do enough, even though it was going to be horrendous for Milwaukee, uh, to uh, get, get Democrat defections. And Governor Evers was not going to lead because the city, the leadership of the executives of Milwaukee County and the city of Milwaukee are desperate for any deal and afraid they'll get no deal and go bankrupt. And so it, there was panic in progressive circles that something awful was going to happen with Democratic votes. But what happened is uh, Voss moved less than they hoped or expected and therefore still got uniform opposition. We've not still not seen yet. It's early. Uh, we start a business the next day. Any kind of strong statement from the governor or the governor's office, hopefully we will today. But there's the other element we need to understand is they increased the um, the, the, incre the amount of shared revenue substantially for every city other than Milwaukee. And their excuse for keeping Milwaukee at 10% of the sales tax when everyone else gets 15% is that they get to do this referendum to have their own regressive sales tax. Um, and of course, with all the strings that apply to Milwaukee, that makes it uh, in many ways very unlikely to pass according to many uh, uh, smart strategists in Milwaukee. But they're splitting. They're trying to split yeah, oh, yes. the city from Milwaukee. So this is divide and conquer, which is their modus operandi, Scott Walker. Most brilliant thing Scott formulation Scott Walker gave could explain their philosophy. Um, but we also have this division with the Senate. LeMayhew, the Senate majority leader, has put shade, thrown shade on the referendum idea, has not committed on this. And in a way, what Voss is doing is he says he won't negotiate anymore, but he's saying it to a Senate that 
certainly will change it. And well, so they have their own divisions. They don't like each other very much, the Senate and the Assembly, Republican majorities, according to all inside information I've ever heard. And so, uh, but the governor needs to lead. I do think, Matt, there's a question of whether the governor's optimism is this is a framing. Biden is pressing also the optimism on the debt ceiling that their pollsters tell them it sounds better. I, be I get it. That, that could I get be. it. I get it. I don't I, know what the governor actually thinks. I hope he's willing to um, call their bluff as they've called him. Yeah, look, it, it it absolutely could be framing. But ultimately, we're here now. And that's we're in a we're in a very important place. You laid out, Robert, this was absolutely the, the dollar amount, you know, the increase in what they're trying to do to play off everywhere else but Milwaukee is staggering, right? And it is amazing. It To me, this is as much about Voss trying to step in and block LeMayhew from actually engaging in any kinds of conversations where he might take a leadership role in what that negotiated settlement would be. So there is a whole lot of fault lines here for the governor to leverage, but it probably has to start with coming out and again, reiterating, I will veto this whole thing. If, if, if the Senate and the assembly, and by the way, the assembly didn't vote on this yet. If they pass these, I will veto it. Right. And reiterate the strategy at a minimum. Right. He has to empower LeMayhew, Priscilla, any other thoughts that you may have? And in particular, we're let's talk also about some of the other bullshit to Milwaukee, um, which is important for people to understand. This isn't just a financial shit sandwich. Uh, there's more uh, more to bite on. Uh, Priscilla? Yeah. Um, as we've talked about a couple of weeks now going on, um, there's so many things that we could unpack about Milwaukee. But one of the biggest things is, you know, their push to undo years of work to put cops back in schools uh they just can't let that one go it happened back in uh 2019 spring of 2019 they just can't let that 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 contract go um you know they're just just the fact that they were like oh yeah 15 percent for everybody 10 percent for milwaukee like they know what they're doing they know uh what they're doing against Milwaukee they know why they're doing it against Milwaukee they're still bragging about all the voter suppression and we see just like it's just like enough like let's just stop this like if you don't like Milwaukee that's fine don't come to Milwaukee but you don't need to like hate on Milwaukee this much especially given how much revenue Milwaukee brings in and well, the state yeah we are we're going to be joined in our next segment by state representative Darren Madison who and spoke to exactly what Priscilla's talking about last night. Um, and so after this break, when we get back, State Rep Darren Madison, again, someone who we back supported, thought was an important voice to have in the Democratic caucus for moments just like this. And um, we look forward to hearing his comments and thoughts uh, right after this break. Again, folks, you are listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us all over the socials. We're extremely active um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please check us out. Uh, and we're also going to talk more further on about how all of this obviously connects to the broader state budget fight. But again, you're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. 
Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Folks, we told you before the break uh, we were going to be joined by State Representative Darren Madison, and we're making good. Welcome, State Representative Darren Madison. I'm glad to be here, um, especially with my people uh, <laughs> ah. in a time when we're, you know, having real conversations about the things that matter to the most vulnerable populations. That is well said, and it's why we had you here. First of all, we were active in your election because we think it matters to have folks like yourself, progressives, movement folks, folks who are connected to community um, in those seats. It matters what kind of Democrats we had. So first of all, um, we're thankful you're there. But we want I want to get your comment. Um, in the previous segment, um, uh, state representative, we basically laid out that what happened last night, and you were there when the when Voss pushed through, ram through yep. uh, his shared revenue uh, package, that the governor essentially, it's now in his court, Democrats, you all voted 100% against this really bad package. The governor said he would veto this if it's not adequate. We, we see it as we're at that moment. Your thoughts on sort of where we're at overall now after last night, and then we'll get into some of the details after that about like what happened last night and some why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not quite in his in his court yet. Okay. It has to go to the Senate. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, we'll we'll have a little bit of conversation about that too. Um, and the Senate's where it has space to still change, and it might come back to the House if those substantial changes happen. Um, it seems like Voss is not interested in other folks across the aisle and here in my, the House that I occupy um, are interested in continuing these conversations, um, but Senate Republicans are. Um, so this presents an opportunity for us to really talk about um, what real bipartisan legislation that brings folks to the table looks like. Um, because when they talked about what this piece of legislation, you know, the folks that they were working with, um, there were many of us um, that were not at the table. Um, and that you that's reflected in, in the way that this bill looks. Well, thank you for pointing that out, right? It absolutely does have to go to the Senate. So, um, and you sound very optimistic. Certainly, Devin LeMahieu was in the paper uh, basically saying he does not like this, does not like some of the stuff also specifically that's in there around Milwaukee. Talk more about that, because that's where this this pile of garbage is at its worst, right, in terms of what they presented. And so tell us more about that and why, what Devin LeMahieu is speaking to. Yeah, I mean... I hope he's speaking to, to, to a lot of the things I spoke about last night. Um, and, you know, it was a lot of policies that, you know, directly were used as a mechanism to, to harm city that contributes the most amount of revenue to the state. Um, a Christmas list, as, you know, I said on the floor, um, things like putting SROs back in schools, which, you know, folks especially black and indigenous young, young, young people from around the city fought to, to get out of schools in, in favor of mental health services and other resources to ensure that young people thrive. Um, it's also, you know, ensuring getting rid of um, our city's investment 
in ensuring that we we tackle um, you know diversity, equity, and inclusion um, in one of the most um, segregated cities in the in the country, right? Um, that deals with some of the most heinous disparities, especially as it relates to Black folks um, in the country, from healthcare to infant mortality rates to education um, to housing, right? And then we could, if we're talking about the intersection between race, class, gender, um, it's so many pieces of, of that conversation revolve around how we, um, we focus on those niche populations. Um, and a part of the equation is getting rid of those offices, getting rid of those efforts. Um, and it's a shame to, to allow, um, to allow us to, well, to push us to, to not do anything on these matters. Priscilla. Yeah, thank you. Um, also, yes, just need to echo congrats on your first, uh, your first floor speech last night must feel uh, pretty good to, uh, to be there to do the, all of the great things that you are doing and will continue to do. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about those, those, uh, those populations that you just talked about and how we're using folks as dog whistles and pawns and toys in this game uh and uh what what are you doing for your specific district you are a milwaukee legislator uh what what are you what are you, what are you doing what are you hoping for for your for district 10 yeah i mean district 10 is in a and specifically has three different components right I'm I'm representing Glendale, I'm representing Sherwood, and I'm representing Milwaukee. Three vastly different cities with three different perspectives and you know, benefit some benefit from from shared revenue and some don't. I think what I the conversations that I've had with the leadership especially in Sherwood and Glendale um was that a bad deal for Milwaukee is a bad deal for for all of us. Um so we've been you know, I've been doing work to do the combination of educating folks um, on why uh, why this is such a big, big issue and also a bunch of the huge things in the budget um, that have been stripped out, right? And how folks can get engaged, how folks can take action. Because me alone, you know, advocating on behalf of, of the, you know, 59,000 folks that I represent um, only goes so far. But if, if even 500 of those folks sent emails, pulled up to the Capitol, um, made phone calls to the members on joint finance, to some of my colleagues, it, it shifted the conversation and I could go harder and harder uh, to pay from. I, let, let me, you are a hundred percent right. It's what we are encouraging people to do. We've got folks canvassing. We are making phone calls. Um, state reps, 100% right. And I absolutely love hearing that you're having the conversations with the other local electeds and getting them engaged. That's the kind of organizing we need in our state legislators. Robert, next question. So I want to ask you, Darren, about your freshman legislator, right? You come from with a strong, deeply progressive worldview. You want to deal with structural inequality, structural racism, right? And of course, as you were pointing out, there's a connection between Milwaukee being one of, if not the most segregated regions of the country, but also having, uh, by some measures, the, the worst racial disparities in the country. These are connected things. Um, 
So, but you're in a process where you have a majority that has an unfair majority that is based on the maps they drew, not based on, on the popular vote, mm -hmm. and which they felt completely comfortable, from what I understand, talking to a number of your colleagues, and not including you at all in this process. I've heard uh, stories of people on, on your side of the aisle trying to get into the conversation and getting nowhere. And uh, Evan Goyke expressed in the media, you know, a joint finance committee member and a state rep from Milwaukee, that he was it was horrible that he had a half hour to look at such an important bill. And they claim they've been open and transparent. And of course, no one in the room uh, no. from the city of Milwaukee and no one representing uh, the, the north side of Milwaukee, which has the majority of African-Americans in this state. So, you know, you, you're a little bit, you know, Mr. Madison goes to Washington, right? So what is your reflection on how, how well you can represent your district when you're denied access to the room? Yeah, it, it, makes, it, it makes it much harder. Um, and it changes the way that I and other, other, you know, my other colleagues on my side of the aisle have to um, have to be strategic in how we take action. Because when we, when we get information this late in the game, right, the reality is that, you know, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle took three hours um, at the beginning of the session yesterday to caucus. We didn't get the amendments, the amendment that had 90 provisions, right? 90 changes in the, in the bill until 30 minutes before before the Congress, you know, before we have to take the floor, um, you know, it put us in, in a bad position and it didn't, didn't give us time to, to really see if we, if we wanted those things. Folks said that that was a compromise. No, that was a hostage situation. Um, and if we're, if we're going to be truly talking about ensuring that the entire state is represented, that Townships, counties, cities are taken care of. Folks really have to take the time um, to have the critical conversations, to have discourse, and that wasn't that yesterday. And and Darren, I was going to ask you: Does this happen with Milwaukee getting ten percent of, of state sales tax, and every other uh, place getting fifteen percent? When, as you pointed out a couple times, Milwaukee produces the most revenue, and rural people have been lied to, believing they fund Milwaukee. It's the other way around. Does that happen if you and your colleagues are at the table? No. So, so basically, look, Milwaukee. I I, I honestly believe um, that the that residents in Milwaukee don't don't mind supporting townships, villages, and cities, you know, aside from us. We just want our fair share. We don't want to leave anyone behind. If we were at the table and a part of these conversations, we would come to a consensus as it relates to taking care of all of Wisconsinites. Like I said in my speech, we we give we've over the past 10 years, we've given over $400,000, $400 million um, an additional, an additional taxes to the state, and we only get, you know, twenty-seven cents back on the dollar um, for for that investment, right? There are there are townships have, that have from the beginning that received nothing, right? They they because the way that the equation worked out, they received nothing. That needs to be addressed. Republicans attempted to address that. 
That's great. But also don't, don't do that on the backs of my people, the residents that I serve, without their representation being at the table. Um, so that we can ensure that we, we're okay with that compromise. The narrative has been townships, you're making, you're making sure that Milwaukee is being taken care of, not the other way around, like you, like you go, like you've uplifted. And that is that's a that's a gaslight attempt um in Republican messaging that has been harmful and toxic to every Wisconsinite. Um, and we need to really have a real conversation about it. And it seems like my colleagues on the other side of the aisle don't want to because they don't want to face reality. Well, we need to quick take a break. We hope you can stay with us and come back right after this break. Absolutely wonderful. Folks, you're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin or Citizen Action. Welcome back. We're talking with State Representative Darren Madison about what went on um, Wednesday night with the uh, Speaker Voss, let's just say it, Speaker Voss, um, and I like the way you put this, was not engaged in negotiations, was much more engaged in hostage taking, and jammed through just a terrible shared revenue bill. And uh, the representative is really well laid out how this is now headed to the Senate, where we hope there will be much better discussions. Um but like it is also going to require, and again, this is uh, a call, it's going to require us to get engaged, not only reaching out to these joint finance committee members, but we also have to call the governor's office and let him know he has got to lead here. He's the one who can put help get Darren and other reps into that room by being strong and letting them know this is not acceptable. This will not pass. This will be vetoed just like the state budget will be if what they, everything that they pulled out, if there aren't certain things brought back in. State representative, um, I'm going to give my colleagues an opportunity to have another round of questions because there's so much that went on. Priscilla, next question. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Where do I even begin? That was, uh, as what as usual, it's wonderful just listening uh, to Representative Madison and just having Representative in front of your name. How exciting! Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about. I want to talk about something that you uh, brought up that uh, Milwaukee is is willing to to be the 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 place that does share their revenue. Uh, but you know, part of that. With with that comes some respect and a lot of like name changing and uh, getting rid of this negative uh, connotation that comes weirdly with Milwaukee uh, and how uh, so many lawmakers love to throw uh, just throw shit at Milwaukee all the time. Uh, and you are in that very unique position of having Milwaukee and other Milwaukee County uh, places. So let's talk about the the positives. How do you want to make this this change? In addition to telling everybody, keep calling, uh, also telling everybody to come volunteer with us too. Um, what what can we do? What what can we as just ordinary non elected people do to hold these folks accountable and and really show them, hey, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a great place stop stop with this uh this stereotyping yeah i mean it's a it's 
that that piece of the equation is so layered, right? Um, you talk about, you know, what we can do internally, right? From changing changing the narrative as it relates to our city to how we how we get folks on the outward perspective um, to to just really come and see the reality that that Milwaukee is, right? We're a city that takes care care of each other. We're a city that has a tenacious roots. Um, and like black folks, we've done less, we've done more with less consistently, right? And made sure that we've, we've taken care of our own. And we're at a boiling point, right? Let's show folks the beauty of the of the lake, you know, that that you know brings fresh water to to the to the folks um all across the state. Let's talk about, you know, the the you know the the team that has brought, you know, the NBA finals and a championship to this state. Let's talk about the people and the working families, right? That, you know, have take have have ensured families across this state have the ability to thrive, right? By by working, showing up to work every day, by contributing their fair share of taxes and so on. The reality is that all Wisconsinites are working hard, are hardworking folks. Um, all Wisconsinites, you know, share share the mis the mis the our our Midwest nice niceness, right? Um, but the only quarry, right, with that Midwest niceness is that when it comes to people of color um, in this state and communities of color, that niceness turns into toxicity. Um, in my speech yesterday, I told I told three lived experiences that I had um, in interactions with, you know, law enforcement. Um, and some of those interactions were used in a lawsuit um, that that Micah and the ACLU used to file against Milwaukee Police Department. Um, as I've sat in in you know on the assembly floor and I and I consistently hear folks you know, toting the the love of law enforcement and, you know, the need to ensure that that's the only pathway to, to public safety that we should be investing in instead of mental health, instead of housing, instead of, you know, economic development, right? And making real bold investments to ensuring that the root causes that, that are creating harms for communities across the state are addressed. Um, you know, we need to have the real conversations about how we repair the harm, um, how we're making, how we ensure that we're making the investments we um, we should be, and how how we um, ensure that the the pain that folks have have lived through um, is acknowledged. No one in the room yesterday. You know, everyone, everyone, and everyone clapped. You know, after after I spoke yesterday, um, but no one in the room actually acknowledged the pain that I went through. No one in the room acknowledged the pain that the city of Milwaukee was is going through, and has gone through. They shifted the conversation to talk about how, oh yeah, we love Milwaukee, right? After spending years berating our city, years. Um, and yes, we want to help Milwaukee. Um, 
but like it's our job to ensure that like we're helping him in the way that we want right not in the ways that the representation that we've elected at our local level wants and have consistently pushed to um to ensure that our folks are are taken care of um and again under the constraint the financial constraints um of the past shared revenue equation um while again giving more and more to the state to take care of towns villages and counties that we don't get to see and some of those counties would literally you know be pissed if we showed up at their doorstep um and and demanded that they you know they did things the way that we liked it and we would never we would never in our in our lives you know trying to usurp usurp uh, local control in the ways that this bill does um so i know i went on a tangent no um no that was so good yeah i think it was uh you you pointed out so many good things about how we have this midwest nice here in the state but it's not always afforded and given to black folks and brown folks in milwaukee the same way it's given to other folks around the the state uh and and that you know you, sometimes your own colleagues are doing it too where nobody's acknowledging the that you don't get those same uh those those same niceness that everybody else has to show that you got to go an extra mile to to show even the fact that you had to share your experiences to validate you shouldn't have to validate those things uh so appreciate you appreciate that you're in the legislature doing all these things we need more folks like darren madison in office for sure well, I'm going to give Robert Craig the last question, but let me just say, uh, as someone who did a lot of doors, I've never been, I've never felt better about how I spent that time and making sure that your voice is there um, and that you represent our community. Robert, last question. Yeah, I want to get Darren's reaction. Um, and, you know, we're in different places. Our theory of power is to an inside-outside game. So we learn from you, you learn from hopefully from the outside perspectives to some degree from us and our members. And then in addition, we provide more outside support because you have limited time as a human being and very limited staff in this legislature. And it just seems to us that we're facing a Republican party that will use every piece of power they have and mat to the max. Okay. We see that with the debt ceiling. Uh, we saw that with the uh, lame duck session and taking away versus powers. We see it here where they didn't budge much and they're maximalizing, trying to force down Milwaukee and, and the governor's throat, a very damaging shared revenue package. It is a band-aid at best for most of the state. It's not what the state's commitment should be and is discriminatory towards Milwaukee and it destroys home rule. Yeah. And they expect a referendum to pass when Milwaukee people don't control how the money's used. It's absurd. Yeah. And so... It seems like the only way to match this power is countervailing power. And the governor has a very powerful veto pen and he needs to use it. And he can veto and threaten to veto any of their priorities and make them come to the table because there is no way on God's green earth that a gerrymandered legislature should have all the say when he is the only one elected by the whole people and the only one who was not able to adjust his map to win his, win his, win his seat. So I'm just wondering, I know you have, have to maintain your relationship with the governor. If, if you're seeing what we do, that the governor wanted to do this the nice way, he can't be Wisconsin nice with them now. And then he's Wisconsin mean to everyone this harms. 
Yep. So, like you said, the governor has a responsibility to the entire state. And Republicans have been very meticulous in, in about, you know, creating a dynamic where everyone wins but Milwaukee. Um, the governor knows this, right? Um, even, even Madison wins to an extent, right, more than Milwaukee. Most of the harms come with Milwaukee, come to Milwaukee. Townships win substantially. We talk about, you know, if you run off some of the numbers that folks were running, you know, speaking about um, yesterday, 400,000, right? Quarter of a million, three quarters of a million dollars. Um, you know, when Milwaukee, again, gets all of these strings attached, everyone gets some strings attached, but Milwaukee has some heinous ones, right? Which I talked about yesterday, my colleagues talked about yesterday and so on. Every assembly Democrat, right, stood against that bill. Even some folks who had to take a risk because a lot of the townships that they represent win under this bill. We need the governor That's, to, to be bold, to, 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 to play chicken, right, we're Republicans, because we have some time. We do. That, we're, we're getting down to the wire, but we have some time. That, that is 100% right. We have some time in this process. It is why we came out early calling for the governor to use his leverage now. And it's why we need to support him. The governor needs to hear from us that this is what we are asking of him. Right? It is not, Robert has talked about this. This is not the nature of this governor. This governor would love to be able to negotiate with some reasonable Republicans. This is not the Republican Party that the governor's been dealt with. He has got to rise to the occasion and be the leader that we all need him to be. And uh, the Democrats were in unison, and as you said, state rep, yesterday, it is now time right, for there to be leadership so that we can get the Senate back in play as you started this whole conversation with. Um, we are well past time. We took way more of your time than we ever expected, but we are so deeply grateful for it because this is a beautiful section and it's, we're at, we're at, a, we're at a critical juncture here. And we think this is uh, definitely worth the time. And, and so we want to thank you for taking the time to talk with our listeners today. Absolutely. It's important that we address generational implications of this bill. It's important that we're all at the table and we do this right first. Um, because if we mess up, I don't think that my children's children um, will be able to live in Wisconsin and I want them to. Um, so thank you again for your support. Thanks for having me today. Um, and you always know that I'm with you and I'm looking forward to our budget session next week, Thursday. Yes. And we're going to, we'll, we're going to get, provide some more information on that on the back end of this break folks, uh, before we wrap up the show, but thank you so much state representative, uh, Madison for joining us yeah. with that folks. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back and we got a few things to talk about. And we'll wrap up the show. Uh, you're listening to the battle of Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. It was fantastic. Want to thank again State Representative Darren Madison for joining us. Um, 
absolutely critical voice uh, in the legislature. And again, uh, Priscilla, we'll talk more about this on future shows. We need more folks like Darren Madison. We have a plan around that. We think all of us as progressives have a responsibility to take seriously primaries and elect guys like Darren in the future in order to, to make sure that we have a, uh, an assembly that you know, actually reflects our values. And I'll just suggest having a guy like Darren there may have played an important role in what happened last night. But with that, I want to change topics a little bit. We're, we're going to stay in the state and finish up talking about Robert. I need your help. The state is unwinding, as we know, Badger Care, uh, some of the expansions that are related to COVID emergency, quote, going away. Um, it is estimated that we're talking, you know, over a quarter million of folks are likely to lose Badger Care because of this. Could you talk more about this briefly before we move on to some federal issues? Yeah. So we did a lot of things right during the pandemic, a lot of things wrong, too. Uh, and there's almost no credit for it. I mean, the political direction is in, and we're seeing this in the shared revenue plan we've been talking about the first two segments, uh, that we're going to limit the ability of public health authorities to take any actions when there's a pandemic. There are going to be more because climate change increases the number of pandemics. Um, so um, what's going to happen is we had a situation where people weren't forced to reprove their eligibility, go through this cumbersome process, which is designed, of course, like work requirements are to make it harder and and have put up barriers, right, because we're blaming people who need access to health care. And so all of this was suspended and, uh, and the, the, the badger care roles expanded dramatically during the pandemic. But the public health emergency, and this has been bipartisan, the public is sick of COVID, um, has been ended. And as a result, all of these folks between now and next year, depending on when they enrolled, have to reprove their eligibility. And because many people have moved, we don't have their information. Um, it requires all sorts of paperwork and other things. A whole lot of people are going to fall off the rolls. Over 300,000 people are going to become ineligible, uh, most likely, and at least 50,000 of them become uninsured. And so this is a situation, and by the way, Department of Health Services is badly underfunded, has all these open positions, and is trying, but has difficulty even doing the re-enrollment and putting the resources in we would need. Now, this makes badger care, failure to do badger care expansion, again, again in this budget, even more heinous because it makes more people ineligible who have been eligible all this time. A quarter of the people in the state uh, get their, their health care through Medicaid, partly. BadgerCare being the basic health program in Medicaid in Wisconsin. And so this is, a, this is a reason not being discussed for expanding BadgerCare. But in addition, this, this tells you on Democrat, this legislature is access to health care is fundamental and of fundamental importance to the people and voters of this state. And it's not even being discussed, this unwinding in this ridiculous state budget process that's about the children of the ideological right having their tantrum and torturing and, and punishing the rest of the state, especially Milwaukee. And especially therefore, because then Milwaukee means black and brown people, let's name this. This is what dog whistle politics is all about. The whole debate over shared revenue we've been discussing is an example of dog whistle politics. Look, the, the COVID pandemic, emergency 
demonstrated to all of us that we can we can live much closer to the vision of our world where people actually have access to this and and it and it and you can fund it right like it ain't gonna break the bank especially if you're engaged in some shall we say thoughtful stimulation of the economy investing in people investing in infrastructure investing in clean green energy right changing and making sure that that economy actually helps create employment and opportunity in the places that the previous economies you know did not these are all the things that are being unwound or at least there's an effort to unwind these are the the fundamental pieces in what's going on in the debt ceiling discussion right and why it's so imperative that the president does not back away from any of this so uh, all of this stuff is connected. And Robert, you brought up, you're absolutely right. It, the Republicans, these mega folks are playing on these, on the, on these same, uh, it's the same stuff, whether it be in the debt ceiling or what Robert's talking about and what we heard on shared revenue uh, in order to try to divide and conquer. Priscilla, uh, before we move on, any other thoughts you may have related to what we're talking about as it relates to this uh, Quite frankly, a lot of folks losing access to healthcare. Yeah, it's um it's always uh mind blowing to me that uh we got here and that we are uh that people will still refuse to believe that healthcare is a right. Uh they see it as a privilege. Uh yet they themselves struggle with uh jobs and finding good healthcare and finding good jobs that provide good healthcare. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of work to do, uh, and it's frustrating to see that the work's not going to end anytime soon, but it doesn't mean we take our foot off the gas pedal uh, for for sure. So, yes. Well, as we know, it's going to require our continued advocacy and action. So, folks, we're going to switch topics a little bit here, and, and uh, hey, before we do, I do want to go back to something Representative Madison mentioned, and that is an event that we are having with the state representative next Thursday, May 25th in Milwaukee, River Works, Milwaukee, 526 East Concordia. From 6 to 7.30, we're going to meet, we're going to strategize, we're going to talk around the state budget, we'll talk more about our vision, we'll hear from State Representative Madison, not only about what you just heard on shared revenue, but he will talk more broadly about the state budget, and we are going to get serious about action, right? That was the best thing that the state rep talked about. He's an organizer. You could hear that. He's organizing local electeds. He's challenging us to get involved. And so please, uh, next Thursday, May 25th, if you live in Milwaukee, join us. River Works Milwaukee uh, with State Representative Darren Madison. Robert, big news. I think it's big news. I, I, I want to make sure we talk about it here in the state. And that is um, this effort to, to expand passenger rail uh, in Milwaukee, which Quite frankly, Robert, we go way back here at Citizen Action to when Governor Walker pulled what was, you know, significant stimulus money to try and start to build out a high-speed rail line. This is our first effort to really go back at that and essentially have an Amtrak rail line to Madison and Green Bay. And I want to call that out because Mayor Eric Genrick has been all over this for a while now about trying to get Amtrak there, sees it as critical. And, and there is a real opportunity with the federal resources to make this happen. Robert, Amtrak expansion. This is absolutely important if we want to be a modern 
21st <laughs> century state? Well, um, I think the mayors like Mayor Genrich have done a good job of, uh, and and Mayor uh, uh, Conway Rhodes, Rhodes Conway, have uh, done a good job of getting the state and Department of Transportation actually behind this, since there's a tradition of overemphasis on highways and widening them in the Wisconsin State Department of Transportation, like many. Um, it isn't going to happen right now because Robin Voss, who killed commuter train and helped kill high-speed rail, turning down a bunch of federal money, has declared he's against it. So that's why we need fair maps. But I will point out, I've been giving a lot of capital scuttlebutt uh, this episode. Uh, word has it, Voss, the great courageous lion, will not run for re-election because he's afraid Trump will succeed in offing him this time if he is the Republican nominee. Since he almost offed him with a non-candidate two weeks out, someone who no one knew and Voss barely pulled it out. So maybe we won't have Robin Voss to kick around anymore. He's never been the real power we talk about here. The power is behind the throne. It's the corporate class and billionaires. Uh, so there'll be another. There, he's interchangeable. Uh, but the point here is that uh, we could do this if we could have fair elections for state legislature, which we can have if the Supreme Court will act promptly. Robert, I want to do a quick hitter on another um, state issue. I'm I'm calling this a state issue, even though it, it takes place specifically in Waukesha. We have talked about it before, and that is um, the Waukesha teacher who dared to play Rainbow Land and uh, had it, it was banned. Well, Robert has announced actually uh, today that uh, the superintendent of the Waukesha Public Schools is trying to fire this teacher. I just please we'll put a link to this article folks you need to read this um you should if you live in waukesha you should be calling the superintendent and knock it off this superintendent should be fired this is the person who should go this is a person who clearly doesn't understand <laughs> does not understand some of the core fundamentals of democracy and quite frank democracy and what a public education system should be providing in terms of um, just what people are exposed to in order to succeed in our society. Robert, I don't know if you saw this or if you have any thoughts yeah. on this. I want to call out positively uh, our DPI Secretary Jill Underly, yeah. who not only um, uh, was highly critical of the Waukesha superintendent over the banning of, of the song, um, but also was attacked by the four state reps within the school district, right-wing Republicans, who are proud of the leadership of this superintendent that not only engaged in, you know, a kind of censorship around a, a, a large portion of the people who go to this district, go to this school, right, completely, so no recognition for LGBTQ plus community and negative uh, recognition, but then they look like bullies. It looks like they're firing her, the teacher, for speaking out and refuse to comment on it. It looks awful. Cowardly. Uh, it's cowardly. It certainly looks like, you know, this is the new DeSantis-led culture war. And they're they're coming for they're 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 finding any kind of wedge they can use. And it's going to require a lot of people in Waukesha County to speak up. And so that's what we're speaking to here, That and particularly those within the confines of this district, 
because I think these legislators and the superintendent need to understand that this is not the majority opinion. And just because it's a loud minority that wants to other uh, members of our community and make it far worse for teens where LGBTQ plus teens are far more likely to commit suicide uh, than their counterparts because of the of the marginalization they feel and the uncertain they feel. Uh, to have authority figures act this way is incredibly damaging and demoralizing and, and terrifying. I hate bullies, Robert. And James Siebert, that is who the superintendent is. That's right. He should have a name, James Siebert. He does have a name. Please call James Siebert and tell him to stop being a bully. He should step down. This is embarrassing. Um, so please, folks, um, stand and, up, and, support. And Matt, when yeah. you're at it, call Representative Scott Allen, Representative Adam Nyland, Representative Senator Chris Kapenga, and Senator Rob Hutton, and tell them they should be ashamed of themselves, be proud of this behavior by this bully uh, and bigoted superintendent, bullying and bigoted superintendent. Let's be clear, folks. If you don't know, um, the teacher in question has to have attorney, is raising money to pay for legal bills, is also trying to raise money potentially to cover her health insurance if she's unemployed. And so this is ridiculous. Jill Underly will, will prompt a, a DPI investigation as they did do in the case of the band teacher in Wausau, who yeah. was not disciplined, who was saying anti-Asian and and anti-gay things to get to to gay Hmong students in Wausau, and, and nothing happened. There was a DPI investigation there, so that's great. I think uh, DPI Secretary Underly knows very well because this superintendent wrote her a harsh letter back about the importance of local control. Uh, you know what, folks? That's what states' rights was used to remember. States' rights was used to defend slavery and then Jim Crow. That's what this sounds like. Please, folks, please just get involved, especially if you're in Waukesha. Um, our our agency can make a huge difference here, folks. We got to wrap up the show. We did we we did want to mention we were going to talk more about it, but you know it was worth spending the time talking with State Representative Madison in, in great detail about the shared revenue, uh, but. We think it's worth calling out noticing uh, uh, U.S. Rep. Cory Bush this week introduced a resolution on rep reparations for black Americans. You know, uh, the the state representative hinted at this, right? Like in many ways, there's a lot that's actually owed <laughs> to a lot of folks in our community, particularly in Milwaukee, who are, you know, being still taken advantage of by Speaker Voss, but a shout out to Representative Bush. We have talked about her before. She's a fantastic younger-ish, uh, very progressive um, leader out of Missouri. And so just um, we'll, we'll hopefully talk more about this in the future, uh, this bill and other things, because these are important things to lay down. Sort of what are, where, where, where's the benchmark? Where should we be thinking? So with that, though, I want to really thank uh, State Representative Darren Madison for joining us. Reached out to him late last night and agreed to come on this morning and give us a little more insight. We really appreciate his voice uh, in the state legislature and on our podcast. And of course, want to thank Brian Wilbridge. Makes this show happen every week. We really appreciate him. Folks, get out. Enjoy Wisconsin. We're headed into this three months of just, which should be really bliss here um, because let's admit it, the rest of the year, the weather can be a little tough. So please enjoy our beautiful state. We'll see you next week at the Battleground, Wisconsin.